The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 119 The Darkness and Everything Beyond Before Time Began Again The Underworld So you loved her already? I asked. Core? I had no idea how I felt about Core. Just being able to feel was a new sensation to me. Wanting things was a new sensation to me. So to say that I loved Core would be to assume that I understood what love was. And I assure you, I did not. Hades and I leaned against the railing, watching the bar below us. Paris smiled up at me. Hades looked between us, studying us for a moment, before he continued his story. I was relieved as I entered the underworld again. The sun did not shine here, the wind did not blow, and I slipped into the darkness like it was a comfortable shirt. The void, with its absence of noise and light and cold and heat, with its complete absence of life, calmed me like only returning home can. Then Kronos began screaming, and my peace was broken. Hades! You ungrateful, willful, selfish child! How dare you walk away from me while I am talking to you! I am your father, and I will tear out your eyes to teach you manners! Shut up! Shut the fuck up for once! What is wrong with you? I am sick of you! Why can't you just leave me alone? I hate you! Don't you get it? I fucking hate you! I yelled back at him. I had told him I hated him on many occasions. I have argued with him thousands of times. I had never yelled at him before. But I could not contain my anger. And then I realized... Anger. I was angry. I had never been angry before. How dare you speak to me that way! He howled at me. How dare I? Why not? Have you forgotten you're my prisoner? I have put up with your bullshit every day. You don't say anything different. Let me free and I'll give it a world. Let me free and I'll crush your bones. You know, Dad, why don't you just do it already? Go ahead. I'll stand still and we'll both just end this. Go ahead. Take your shot. I walked up to him. I held out my chin and pointed to it with my finger. I knew his chains bound him. He could not hurt me. He could not reach me. What? You got nothing? Come on, give me your best shot, asshole. I said, and then turned to leave. Hades, where are you going? Don't you walk away from me. I'm going to my room, okay? Just leave me alone. I yelled back. Hades, stop. He said in a normal tone of voice, quiet, without anger, and the novelty of it stopped me in my tracks. I turned around and asked, What? Where did the flowers come from? He asked again, in a normal, reasonable tone of voice anyone else would have used. What does it matter? I didn't want to tell him. I didn't trust him. It matters, because this is the land of the dead. Only dead things can be here, and yet, there is life. There cannot be life here. There is no goddess to put it here. You can't do it, and I can't do it, which means someone else has touched the underworld. I just want to know who. What do you mean only dead things can be here? 
What if Demeter wanted to come? Couldn't she just walk through the gate, same as I had? No, she couldn't. If she's been here, it means she's dead. Is she dead? Did you kill her? I haven't killed anyone. Who made the flowers, Hades? Okay, but what if someone, let's say like Hera, wanted just to visit the underworld? She could just come in for, you know, a few hours. How would I be able to extend that kind of invitation? Just out of curiosity. Who made the flowers? If I answer your question, will you answer mine? Mm, All right, fine. Your brother has decreed that only you and I are allowed down here. You, because you are death, and me, because he killed me. This is how the war ended. I died and came here. I cannot leave because I am not alive. You can come and go because you are not exactly alive either. But you're not exactly dead. You are death, which is a little different. If someone else wants to enter the underworld, your brother would not allow it. You would have to do two things. First, you would need him to give you permission. And what's the other thing I'd have to do? If you could accomplish the first... I will tell you the second. Why do you ask these questions, Hades? Who do you want to bring down here? Who made the flowers? You are bound here. You are chained. There's no way out for you. There never will be. You think that this is the worst thing that can happen? Maybe you're right. But if you ever attempt to use what I'm about to tell you to your advantage, I will end your existence for good. You don't have that power. Of course I do. That's why I'm your prison guard. Should you start to scheme? Should there be any need for it? I have always had the power to kill you. Again. I promise I will not attempt to use this information against you or against the goddess you are trying to protect. Now, who made the flowers? Kor, I finally told him. Who is Kor? Demeter's daughter, the goddess of spring and life. Demeter's daughter with whom? Zeus. <laughs> he had children with Demeter, the fool. It's like I taught him nothing. He has many children with many different goddesses and nymphs and other creatures. This goddess of yours, she is the one you wish to bring down here? She's not mine. She belongs to Demeter. But you want her. Do you love her? Dad, I don't want to talk about this. What did you do to your hair? And just exactly how old are you right now? Dad, for once in our lives, we are finally having a good conversation. You have to go and ruin it. I haven't ruined anything. But normally you're a recluse that hides in his darkened pit and doesn't give a shit about the world until it's time for your brother's birthday party. But today, suddenly, you storm into the underworld, pouting like a stuck-up, broody, angsty teenager. I'm not angsty. And I'm getting really tired of this conversation, so if you wouldn't mind, I'm going into my pit. Hades, we are not done talking! No, Dad, we really are. I left him there. I found my throne room, far from him. Instead of sitting in my chair, I laid down on the ground, brushing my hands through the flowers that surrounded me. 
I sat up and went to my throne. I sat down in it. I stood up. I walked to the other end of the throne room, then back to the throne and sat down again. I'm not in love. I'm interested. Yes, that's obvious. She's interesting. She's not afraid of me. She actually wants to spend time with me. No one else does. Of course I'm interested. I stood up again and then sat down on the ground, pulled one of the yellow flowers, and then let it die in my hand until it was once again a white globe of seeds. I blew on them. Demeter hates me. I only see Kor once a year. I've spent two evenings with her. Besides, of all the creatures in creation, I have to be the most boring. I live in an empty pit. Well, I guess because of flowers, I live in a nearly empty pit. I don't want her, and I don't love her. That would be ridiculous. It's her that wants to come down here. She's interested in the flowers. It's the flowers, not me. It's part of her job. It's who she is. It has nothing to do with me. Of that, I'm certain. I don't love her. She doesn't love me. I stood up again and sat in my chair. Then I got up and went to my bedroom. I slammed the door and went to bed. As the weeks passed, I began to catalog within myself the emotions that I had never felt before. The first one I recognized was boredom. There was nothing to do here. How had I not noticed this before? How had this not bothered me before? And then I experienced a new emotion. Loneliness. So what if I was alone? I was always alone. All right, mostly alone. Not that Kronos was all that comforting of a presence. I walked through my halls, restless. There was another one. Restlessness. And I thought about core. Longing. Now I was longing for someone. Truthfully, I wasn't handling this well. And what I decided I needed was advice. But from who? Whatever I talked about, I didn't want to get back to Demeter. Or Zeus. Or for that matter, Kor. I needed a confidant I could trust. So I gathered up my cloak, and I put it on, making sure this time it covered me completely from head to toe. I put the hood up around me, fully covering my head, allowing me only really to see my feet as I looked down at the ground. Where are you going? Kronos asked on my way out. I'm not telling you. You will only tease me for it. Are you going to see your girlfriend? Shut up, I said as I left the underworld. The temple of Aphrodite stood near a lake, and the light sparkled off the water, causing the white marble pillars and statues to seem to move with the little shadows and sunbeams that swirled around them. A nymph dressed as a priestess saw me approach and then ran inside. I probably scared the crap out of her just by being who I was. This is how everyone else treated me. My brothers and sisters simply avoided me or ignored me. Other creatures like the nymphs, the fairies, the mermaids. They ran from me and hid until I had moved on. It made me sad. Sad. That was a new one. I walked through the halls of the temples, studying the tapestries and mosaics, depicting gods and nymphs and other creatures, all having sex in a variety of poses with a variety of partners. Some of them seemed impossible. <laughs> no, that is completely possible. Would you like me to show you how? Aphrodite asked. She was standing behind me as I was looking up at a particularly puzzling mosaic. I pulled my hood back into place and bowed my head. I could not let her see me blush. I was embarrassed to be caught staring at the imaginative artwork. Embarrassed? I hadn't even considered being embarrassed. No, thank you, though. Well, then, why has death come to my door? 
Do not worry. Everyone is fine. I'm not here for anything like that. Hmm. So no one is fated to die. All that live are immortal. No one has died in thousands of years. No one is going to die today. Well, that is a relief. Can I take your cloak? Surely you'd be more comfortable without it. No, thank you, though. I'm very comfortable with it. Everything these days seems so bright. I'm having a hard time processing. Lift your hood, dear brother. Let me see your face. Aphrodite commanded. I did as she requested, and I let the hood settle on my back. I looked up and smiled at her. What did you do to your hair? And how old are you? I didn't do anything to it, and I'm probably somewhere around sixteen. There's a story behind this, I'm assuming. There is. And that's why you're here. I just would like a little advice. <laughs> Follow me. We should sit. She led me through her halls and past her throne room to a plush and bright bedroom. Everything was made of velvets and lace. There were cushions everywhere, and the bed took up most of the room, although there was a couch and a few chairs in a small conversation area. Aphrodite led me to the chairs and then picked up a carafe off a side table. She poured a dark brown liquid into two cups. She took one for herself and handed me the other. I stared at the cup with suspicion, sloshing the liquid back and forth a little. It's coffee, Hades. You drink it. And then what? I asked. It's enjoyable. Just try it. I did, and it was enjoyable. Enjoyable. I enjoyed something. <laughs> I kind of like you like this. Your hair is cuter this way. And the age fits you for some reason. You should consider keeping it. I wanted to ask you something. Ask me anything. I have nothing to hide, and I enjoy answering questions. What does love feel like? Wow. That is a very big question, Hades. Before I answer, would you mind if I asked why you're asking me? I have recently, and I'd rather not say how, but I have developed the ability to feel things. You didn't feel things before. It would appear I did not. And you didn't know that. How would you possibly know if it's cold, if you cannot feel the cold? But if you have never felt the cold, then how would you even know you should? Hmm. I see what you mean. And now you can feel the cold. Yes. And the heat, and the wind, and I can feel anger, and boredom, and longing, and restlessness, and annoyance, and many other things. Okay. Let's take a step back. You feel longing. I have. What do you long for, Hades? Company. Oh, you're lonely. I have felt lonely. If that's all, I can keep you company. Or would I make you too nervous? I'm sure I could find a priestess who would spend her time with you. I I'm sorry. Uh, I mean no disrespect. But it wasn't your company or the company of a priestess I was speaking of. Oh, I see. You long for the company of a specific person. And you want me to tell you what it feels like to be in love. How do you know? How can you be sure that's what it is? Well, if you can feel the cold and the heat, if you feel longing for a specific person, then you feel love. 
There are many forms of love. It comes in all shapes and sizes, and it is woven into the fabric of reality. All things feel love. If you are alive, Hades, then you feel love. The question that remains for you is now, how strongly do you feel it, and how focused is that feeling? You are my sister, and I am acquainted with you. We have met many times, but we have spoken only on occasion. You are my family, and therefore there is something about you that I appreciate more than I would some creature in the forest. Are you telling me that this appreciation for you, above, let's say, a squirrel, is a form of love? <laughs> it is. Not a powerful one, nor is it very focused. It's a broad kind of love of family. But yes, even it is a type of love. And so this longing, simply because it exists, is a type of love. Yes, it is. It seems because you only refer to it as a longing, I assume it's not that strong. But it appears to be very focused. Who are you longing for? A friend. <laughs> a specific friend? Yes. How does this friend feel about you? They seem to enjoy my company. Have you asked them how they feel about you? Sometimes it's best just to say these things and get them out in the open. You should tell them you long to see them and ask if they long to see you. Shall I demonstrate this? Demonstrate? <laughs> yes, demonstrate. I will show you how it's best just to cut through all of the back and forth with open communication. I know you have been trained to always hide your motivations. We are the gods, after all, and we do play our games. But sometimes the correct thing to do is to go straight to the point. Like this. Aphrodite stood from her chair. She held out her hand for me and then asked, Hades, would you like to have sex with me? N no, I said to her in surprise. She sat back down. See? And now we both know where we stand. Simple, wasn't it? Did you want to have sex with me? Mm, not particularly. What would you have done if I'd said yes? I would have had sex with you. Even though you don't want to? Well, I thought maybe it would help you. Are you sure you wouldn't want to try out one of my priestesses? A little training in this kind of activity does help with the nervousness down the line when the more important people come into our lives. I appreciate the offer. I really do. But that's not why I've come. Hmm. I see. Aphrodite leaned forward and smiled broadly at me. Her eyes widened, and then she winked. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Hades, so far you have told me you're lonely, you are in need of company, you are longing, but you don't want me or my priestesses to help you. You want to know what love is, but you don't want me to show you. You have someone specific in mind. This means that the emotions you are feeling are not just simple longing. What you are feeling is love, both strong and focused. I think you have it bad. You should do something about this. Whoever this is, go see them, talk to them, tell them how you feel. I can't. They're never alone. And there are people I don't think should know. Okay. Tell me. Who is it? I really would rather not. Hades. You are my brother, and I want to help you, but I cannot help you until I have all the information. Because I'm family, and you love me. Yes, exactly. 
You are family, and I love you. Also, I love love. I like to help. Seeing lovers come together, knowing I had a hand in it, it just makes me feel all fuzzy inside. So, come on, tell me. You must promise not to tell another soul. <laughs> Cross my heart, and I hope to... Uh, never mind. I promise I won't tell another soul. Core. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, Hades. Demeter will kill you. Not really much of a threat. You know what I mean, but I understand now. You're right. She never lets that girl out of her sight. You think Core reciprocates these feelings for you? I don't know. We've been out a few times together. When? When Demeter is drunk after Zeus's party, so we can only see each other once a year. Hmm. All right. I understand. And I can help. Hold on. Aphrodite stood from her chair again. She walked to a cabinet and opened it. She searched through it for a while and then came back with a small vial. She handed it to me, along with a feather. Then she pulled open a few drawers until she found a stack of paper. She handed those to me as well. What is this? I asked. It's paper, Hades. Ink and paper. You make a pen out of the feather. What's it supposed to do? You write on it. You write a letter and then give it to Hermes to give to Kor. Make sure he understands that Demeter is not to see it. What do I put in the letter? <laughs> how old are you? It's a love letter, Hades. You write in it how you feel about her. Tell her how you love her. You put that all in the letter. This is why I think the age suits you. You have a baffled stare that only works on a 16-year-old. If you were anywhere near the age you normally are, this would be pathetic. But somehow at 16, it seems appropriate. Okay, I will try. Good luck, Hades. And do come back and tell me what happens. I will. Thank you, Aphrodite. I bowed my head to her respectfully. She stepped forward and pulled me into a hug. She smelled like coffee and sugar. She broke the hug stepped back, and tussled my hair. Any time, little brother. Uh, I think I'm older than you. <laughs> not anymore, you're not. She laughed at me. I felt her friendship. She was a friend, and I felt supported and cared for. I felt love. I loved her for her kindness, not as much as I loved Kor. Oh, I loved Kor. I wrote my letter. It said, Kor, at the end of all things... In the darkness beyond the light that stretches out into the distance, I have sat, unreachable, alone, and content, until now. Somehow, when nothing else could find me, your patience and your kindness touched me. You gave me a gift. Life. I didn't know I even wanted such a thing. It came with anger, joy, sadness, passion, and longing. It's full of pain, but as you said, the more I feel the pain, the more I understand it. And what I understand is that life is painful because you are not here to share it with me. I want the life you have given me. I want the life we can have together. I don't know how you feel. I don't know why you have done this to me. I don't know if you meant to. I only know 
that I long for you. I long to feel your kiss again. I want to see you smile. I want to smell the flowers in your hair. I want. And when I think of what I want, all I can think of is you. You have asked to come to the underworld, and though it would seem like a simple request, it's not. If it were up to me, I would give you the keys and invite you to stay. But it appears that I control my world, but I do not control its borders. How far would you go to get your wish? What is it you're truly wishing for? It's time we were honest with each other. It's time we held up the globe of seeds, looked into each other's eyes, and voiced our desires. It's time I told you what I wished for. Because now I know only you can make it come true. At the end of all things, in the darkness, beyond the light that stretches out into the distance, I sit alone, waiting for what comes next. Hades. A letter came in response an hour later. Hades, I love you too. Meet me at the stump tonight, midnight. Don't be late. We won't have long. Core. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. <laughs>